Welcome to Because of This House, a podcast exploring the history, impact, and significance of housing in Rockford, Illinois, and beyond. Because of This House is brought to you by Rockford Area Habitat for Humanity. I'm your host, Lauren Morelli. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Because of This House. I'm your host, Lauren Morelli, and today I'm here with Rockford Area Habitat for Humanity's amazing executive director, Carrie Acevedo. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Lauren. Thanks for having me. We're so excited to talk with you today. So we can start off, tell me how long you've been involved with Habitat and Rockford Habitat. Yeah, this is actually my favorite story to tell, not just about my experience with Habitat, but about my life, actually. I was a resident assistant at Western Illinois University. I won't date myself too much, but back in the 90s. <laughs> and as part of our responsibility of being an RA, we had to choose a service project. I'm a procrastinator by nature. I was the last RA to choose a project. My resident hall director or assistant director, Dustin, was responsible for helping us choose kind of what we were doing for our community service project. And so he gave us this list And because I was like the last person to choose, there weren't a lot of options left. And very last on the list, it said McDonough County Habitat for Humanity. And I was like, oh, hey, I know Habitat for Humanity. I've heard my mom and dad talk about that before. Isn't that the thing Jimmy Carter does? I could totally do Habitat for Humanity. And he was like, um, are you sure you know what Habitat for Humanity does? And I was like, I do. They build houses, don't they? And he was like, yeah. He's like, you know, you've got to bring like freshman girls out to this place, like, and have them build a house. Like, are you sure this is the right thing? And I was like, well, heck yeah, I'm sure. If they can do it, I can do it, right? I have this like moment of women empowerment. I can build a house. Yeah. Oof. I don't know why I chose it. Clearly I do now. Fate. Yeah. (laughs) So I put up this sign-up sheet by the elevators on my floor and we had 18 freshmen and sophomore girls sign up to build on a Saturday morning with McDonough County Habitat for Humanity. That morning, of course, 7.30 rolls around. We were getting ready to leave for the work site, which we had to be at at 8, and only 12 people came, which I don't blame them for. I mean, that's a lot of freshman girls for a Saturday morning at 8 a.m. So we, like, loaded up in these cars, and we drove out to this work site, and we were greeted by the quintessential Habitat for Humanity volunteer, right? Old men. No offense, guys. And we show up having absolutely no idea what we're supposed to do. We see this like pile of shovels and thought, okay, well, this can't be that bad. So we did the morning routine, the habitat prayer, the safety talk. This is who we are. This is what we do. Thanks for being here. Kind of, you know, volunteer greeting. And then they took us to the back of the house where these shovels and wheelbarrows were and said, we need you to help build a utility trench, which at the time we were like, Okay, I don't think any of us had any idea what a trench was, let alone what it means to dig one. And so by hand, we dug a 30-foot long, 3-foot deep trench. That is hard work. That's hard work for anybody, let alone like a bunch of 19-year-old girls who'd gone out to the bars the night before. We were into our trench digging. We were having a great time. There was another group there from a smaller fraternity on campus. And so there was love in the air. It was so exciting. So then this gentleman comes out. Later, I find out he's from the Habitat Affiliate. And he was like, which one of you is Carrie? And before I could raise my hand, all of the people at the work site were like, that's her and like pointed me out. And so I raised my hand and he was like, can you come with me? I have something I need your help with. I said, sure. So I walked over there with him there's a group of people standing by the front door including this older woman and he was like Carrie this is Kathy Kathy this is Carrie Carrie's gonna help you hang the front door I was like I I'm I'm gonna help you hang the front door I hate that shovel but can I have my shovel back (laughs) 
he explained to us what we needed to do. He like showed us the door, it kind of gave us like the instructions and left us to our own devices. And then we went back to him several times. We were like, can you help us with this? We're not really sure how to do this. We're struggling with this. We thought we had it right at one time. And there was a huge gap at the bottom. And so we had to take it off and rehang it, whatever. It took us hours to get this front door hung. But the whole time we had a great time. They were so gracious and kind. I would peek my head out to the side of the house and like wave at my friends in the back who are like dripping sweat, digging a trench. Then at the end, we finish it and the house leader comes over and he was like, great job. We're high-fiving each other. Kathy and I are so proud of ourselves. It's like such this empowering moment. And she says, very quietly, Carrie, can you do me a favor? And I said, sure, what do you need? She's like, will you go outside? And when I say, okay, will you knock? I was like, sure. I'm 19. I'm stupid. I have literally no idea what I'm doing other than just like checking a box that says do community service. And so I wait. I'm standing on the front step. I'm teasing my friends in the backyard by waving at them. I wait and I wait and I wait. And then eventually I hear her say, okay. And I knocked loudly because I'm Carrie Acevedo and everything I do is loud. And I hear her say, come in. And I opened the door, and as I swung the door open, standing on the other side was Kathy, tears running down her face, and she said, welcome to my home. And in that moment, I like knew that my purpose was greater, that this wasn't about checking a box about community service. I didn't know, I spent hours with Kathy, I didn't know that she was buying this house. That's how selfish you are at 19. And she said, you're the first person to come through the front door of my house. And it changed me. I wasn't required to go back for more community service. We had checked that box, but I just kept going back. Every Saturday that I was available, I would go and help. And I kind of became a part of this family by love. This like group of men that befriended this like loud mouth, sassy 19 year old. I got to know Kathy well. She was such a lovely woman. She had a disabled son who was moving into the home with her. And I learned more about myself in that process than I learned about building. People would say to me on weekends, you know, like, I slept till three o'clock today and played video games until I came out to the bars. And I was like, I shingled a freaking house today. I crawled up on a roof today. I hung drywall today. I put kitchen cabinets in today. I had this like sense of pride about doing this work and this project that was just second to none. So I graduated from Western in 2000. That does date me. I moved to DeKalb to start my career as a probation officer, but I studied law enforcement at Western And so I was a juvenile probation officer in DeKalb County, and I immediately found the DeKalb County affiliate. I wanted to be a part of Habitat. And so my very first build day, we were siding Irma's house on Home Street in DeKalb. And I ended up siding next to Trisha DeBoo, who happened to be the president of their board of directors. And by the end of the day, not only had I signed on to be a board member, but I signed on to be their vice president. So that started my career as a board member in DeKalb County. For nine years, I spent time on their board of directors, and I did everything from fundraising, to volunteer coordination, to homeowner selection. You know, the board was intimately involved with all of those things. I got hooked up with the NIU campus chapter of Habitat for Humanity and went with them on two separate spring break trips in the early 2000s to Pensacola after Hurricane Ivan. And so that was my first time working on a women build. And it was... Like I use the word life-changing so much when I talk about my experience with Habitat, but it really was. I was like surrounded by all these powerful, incredible women 
who knew how to build a house. And like, I got to be a part of it. And it's so interesting. Like they would tour us, they would take us on tours and they would show us like where the water level was. And like, I mean, it was just like, gosh, eight and nine feet high in some of these houses, you could see like the water stains and the water levels. It's so hard to kind of grasp what a natural disaster really does until you've experienced that kind of disaster recovery work. And I loved, loved my time in Pensacola. It was also really fun because I had graduated from college a couple years prior, but I was still in the college mentality. And so getting to go on an alternative spring break trip with a bunch of college students and being like the adult, for those of you listening, I'm air quoting that word right now. Being the adult in the group was like, everyone was like, Carrie, will you take me to get a tattoo? I'm like, yeah, jump in the minivan. Let's go get a tattoo. Uh, And we did, right? It was such a fun week. We worked really hard, but we also had a lot of fun. And then Hurricane Katrina hit. In 2005, I was the volunteer coordinator for the DeKalb Affiliate, and we got a letter from Scott Pointer. He was the volunteer coordinator for the East St. Tammany Affiliate. East St. Tammany is the parish or the county right north of Lake Pontchartrain. They contacted Habitat Affiliates from across the country and asked if we would come help. I answered the call. We had a group of people in DeKalb County that would spend a week in Louisiana doing Hurricane Katrina relief work. I put an ad in the paper, and we recruited my friends and family, board members from Habitat, people from the community. They answered the call. We took 15 people that very first spring. The hurricane hit in August of 2005, and we went on our first trip in May of 2006. That first week with the East St. Tammany affiliate was so eye-opening. We got vans donated from Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Churches supported us with financial donations. People loaded our vans up with bottles of water and everything we would need on a trip like that. And we did. We loaded up our cars and we headed to Slidell, Louisiana, where we slept in a church rec center kind of community building. Some of us on air mattresses, some of us on cots in just the dead of heat. But I remember distinctly pulling into town and seeing just blue tarps everywhere. Just every roof covered with blue tarps. And you knew you had your work cut out for you. That first week was really life-changing. I feel like I'm lucky enough to get to say that about lots of experiences in my life. But coming home was an eye-opening experience because you look around your house and you sit on this couch that's super comfortable and you have a bed to sleep in and you have walls, right? You have exterior walls. And so many people in Louisiana didn't have that. I fell in love. I fell in love with the community. I fell in love with the people we got to work with, the homeowners we got to work alongside. Their construction team was just second to none. And we loved our time there. And so our affiliate committed to helping them with their goal of building 100 homes until they didn't need us anymore. And so we just kept going back. I went 12 times in total. I feel so fortunate to have been able to build such a relationship with their affiliate, but then also the people who came with me, like my friends and our family and our Habitat family. And I mean, we took our general contractor and his wife at one point. We took our board president and his wife. Like, it was so fun to like share that experience with the people in my life and the people in our community. And they certainly appreciated us. And we loved getting to be a part of their Habitat family. It was a lot of work, right, to coordinate those trips, but it was certainly a labor of love. I will certainly say that. It wasn't until after my time in Slidell that I could even go anywhere on vacation without using my time to build houses. Just one day, my sister sent me an email that she'd received. She's an alumni from Rockford College, Rockford University now. 
And she got the NICNI emails, and they were looking for the executive director for Rockford Area Habitat. She forwarded the email, and it simply said, maybe you can take a real vacation now. And so I did. I took a chance. I made a leap of faith, and I applied for what my mom always referred to as the stretch job. I rearranged my resume so that all of my habitat experience was on the first page. I was like, these are all the things I know about habitat. (laughs) Please hire me. (laughs) And then I showed up a Tuesday evening at St. Mark Lutheran Church on Mulford. At the time, felt like a large group of people, of board members, their search committee for the executive director position. And it felt like I was just sitting around the table with my people, like having a conversation about how amazing habitat is. And I remember Susan Drennan was sitting at the table and they did this kind of round robin where everybody asked a question. They all had this like list of questions and they all asked a question and it got to Susan and she had this smile on her face. And she was just so reminiscent of my mom that I just felt so immediately comfortable. And her question, of course, was about family selection because Susan has been a board member for many, many years. And I remember just like having this conversation with her about the importance of choosing the right family and how this affects the families and the legacy that it leaves. And I remember telling my story about Kathy. And there was this like kind of moment where we just locked eyes and I thought, I'm going to work with her for a long time. And here I am, seven years later. (laughs) They took a chance on the girl who applied for the stretch job. (laughs) (laughs) Which, you know, makes sense to me. I think we were talking about this recently. Mm -hmm. I asked you to share your story with me and I wrote it. We were talking about it recently, how what you think that that group saw in you was just your love for habitat and that's really what it came down to and i'm sure the people listening can hear it too anyone who talks to you can hear it so it totally makes sense and it's just amazing to think about it comes back to the fact that i procrastinated enough that the only thing left on the list was mcdonough county habitat for you obviously we're gonna unpack some of the seven years that you've spent here what you what you've been up to you know what's changed (laughs) not much some things a few so my first question is what was habitat like in rockford when you first started working here yeah There were a lot of similarities then and now. One is their board of directors. This affiliate has always had a significantly committed group of people at that board table. People who don't just fill the seats at the board meeting, but people who are involved in every aspect of this organization. And so that has remained a constant from the time I started in 2014 to today. There's a group of people that sit at that table that will stop at nothing to do everything in their power to advance the mission and the ministry of this organization, which I feel really fortunate about. I know a lot of executive directors who work directly with their boards who are just rubber stamps, and that is not Rockford Area Habitat. When I first started here in July of 2014, there were (laughs) three full-time staff and two part-time staff. In fact, our construction manager was part-time, our office manager was part-time, and then we had two managers at the ReStore, the store manager and the assistant store manager that were full-time. The ReStore was over on Riverside in Northtown Mall, open four days a week, truck ran two days a week, somewhere in the ballpark of $270,000 in annual income at the ReStore. handful of volunteers, some of them still there today, of course. And then on the affiliate side of things, we were building three homes. We had three regular construction crews, the first free crew, the Covenant Church crew, and then what I refer to as Ed's crew. Those three crews were building new homes. And then the rehabs that we were doing were, you know, habitat houses that had come back to us through warranty deeds or deed in lieu of foreclosures. And that was it. Sarah Brinkman and I, who is now the executive director at Homestart and a good friend of Rockford Habitat, were here in the office. We were in 
this kind of tiny space <laughs> here in the crops building. And Sarah did everything that I didn't do, <laughs> right? The Between the two of us, we opened the mail, we answered the phones, we paid the bills, we right solicited donations, we asked for sponsorships, we coordinated volunteers, we sent thank you notes, we sent flowers to, you know, people for their birthdays. Everything that the organization did, one of the two of us did. Sarah left her position here with Habitat shortly after I started. I was dumbfounded to be the only person in the office. I mean, that was the time when people were calling and asking questions that I like didn't know the answers to because I hadn't been here for very long. And then we hired Caitlin in August of 2014. She came in as a full-time kind of office manager. I don't remember what her first title was. There was a point at which we literally just sat down and like listed out everything that needed to be done on a daily basis. And I was like, if you take this, I'll take this and you can do this and I'll do this. And we just like separated the duties. And then we just grew. We added Laura as an office manager. We added a full-time construction manager. So Jack came in in March of 2015. And then we just kept growing and growing and growing. There was a period of time where it was just the four of us, me and Caitlin and Laura and Jack, and then we added Gary to the mix, and then we added a volunteer coordinator and then a development specialist, and then you, Lauren, with communications, and we just kept expanding and expanding and expanding, and now the affiliate has eight full-time staff and one part-time staff just on the affiliate side of things. We increased our house production dramatically. We added a partnership with Guilford High School, and then we added a community build, and then we added a partnership with East High School. We're having conversations with several other high schools. We've forged partnerships with organizations like Thrivent Financial that funds half a house every year, and then that house is built in partnership with faith communities. When I think back to who we were in 2014, and the things we did over that first summer compared to like this summer, man, I am blown away at the sheer number of people who come and help us, the volunteer groups that are a part of who we are and what we do. But the thing that has changed the most is that store. Like, holy cow, I don't even know how to comprehend the sheer growth that we have seen at the Restore. We went from two full-time staff to now 16 staff. Just crazy. The amount of donations that come in, the amount of customers that come in, the amount of volunteers it takes, and the commitment that our volunteers have. We went from making $270,000 a year at the old store when I first started to making that in two months at the new store. I mean, a million dollars a year. A million dollars a year. We weren't even close to making that for our entire affiliate. So that store has really allowed us to expand the home buyer portion of what we do. We wouldn't build what we build every year if we didn't have those funds coming in from the restore. And that also allows us to not be a huge burden on our community right? Like we don't have to like take funds from other foundations and corporations because we have this constant flow of income coming in from the restore. With that comes a lot of stuff. So when you grow that kind of a store, there are a lot of pieces to coordinate from what do we take and what do we don't take? What hours are we open? How many days a week is that truck working? But all for a really great cause gives us an opportunity to raise a significant amount of funds. But also, and maybe just as importantly, it keeps a tremendous amount of stuff out of the landfill. So it helps our environment and it gives our affiliate like a public image. So many people know the Restore that don't know Habitat. And so we have this opportunity 
now to thousands and thousands of people who are just coming in to buy a door, buy a toilet, or look for kitchen cabinets, or find vintage stuff to do DIY projects. Now we can connect them with what we do. We can show you how your purchase at the ReStore or your donation at the ReStore changes the lives of people in our program and allows them an opportunity at affordable housing. That's super amazing to think about. Even just in the course of really seven years isn't that long of a time for an organization to transform that much. It's really cool to hear the zoomed out picture of it. So I guess now with where we're at as an organization, how would you describe our current state as Rockford Area Habitat for Humanity? We are not at capacity. We're not even close. We have a significantly greater need and demand then we have ability to build. And that's based on two things, human capital, people, and financial capital. The need in this community is great. There are 15 more people on the waiting list, and we don't have the capacity to build for everybody who deserves and qualifies for our program. And so we have significant potential. So when I look at us right now, if we were infants in 2014, I think we're toddlers today. And I think that we have significant growth potential. And I think that we have the ability to change the face of housing in Rockford single-handedly. I think that if more people knew who we were and what we did, if more people could meet our families and see how hardworking and amazing they truly are, I think that we could single-handedly solve the problem of affordable housing in Rockford. We have incredible opportunity which is exhilarating and terrifying, all in the same comment. (laughs) This is why I lose sleep at night. This is why I lay in my bed and watch the fans on my ceiling fan go round and round and round. I need to figure out how to meet the need of our community because we can. We are a tangible solution to a real problem. We just need to figure out as an organization how to build that capacity. Absolutely. Yeah. I got goosebumps while you were talking. Like, oh my gosh, this it is makes, real. It this makes is... me so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> nervous, but excited. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of just started to like touch on this question a little bit, but what do you see as biggest housing needs in Rockford? And then you mentioned that we're kind of a tangible solution to that need. Yeah. In what way specifically? How would you describe that? Yeah. So I always explain housing on a continuum. There are housing services at both ends of the continuum and then a bunch of people in the middle. So at one end of this continuum are the services and the organizations providing services to the homeless. There are people in our city living on the street. The other end of that continuum are the people who live in the single most expensive house in Rockford. Someone lives in the largest, most expensive house in the city. And then there's everything in between. There are organizations at the end of the spectrum closer to homelessness that help people, right? Like Rockford Rescue Mission, like Carpenter's Place, like Rockford Housing Authority, like Rockford Area Habitat for Humanity, like Zion Development, so many incredible organizations working to help. I think about housing as moving everybody up the continuum. Will I ever be the person living in the most expensive house in Rockford? No. I won't, and I'm okay with that. I know where I live on the spectrum, and I'm okay with it. (laughs) But affordability affects everybody on that continuum. Even the person who lives in the most expensive house in the city has to be able to afford that. So affordability doesn't mean low income. Affordability means it is affordable to you. And for some people, a house payment of $10,000 a month is affordable. That is not affordable to me. 
and that is not affordable to our families. Habitat for Humanity fits into that spectrum in a very niche place. It is for people who have the ability to pay back an affordable mortgage. It's people who want to live here for a long time, people who want to establish stability, people who want to be able to stay in that specific home for a significant period of time, people who are tired of moving from apartment to apartment, people who are tired of their kids moving from school to school to school, people who have the ability to pay and who have a need for stability. And so we fit a small group, but a significant group, because the next step on the continuum is a conventional mortgage. And so we bridge that gap between maybe families who are getting subsidized rent through the Winnebago County Housing Authority or through the Rockford Housing Authority, and then that giant leap to affording your first conventional mortgage for so many people is just too big of a gap. Like you can't make that jump. And so Habitat becomes the bridge between rental and home ownership. And we're a very unique organization. We are positioned very uniquely in the community in that we still offer this idea of subsidy, right? Because it is a 0% interest mortgage, but it is a mortgage. So they do have to pay that back, but we are not collecting these bank fees. We're not collecting interest. There's nothing in it for us, right? It's a no interest mortgage. I think that we could be a significantly bigger part of that continuum if we had larger capacity, if we had more groups of volunteers who are willing to to come out, if we had more people providing financial gifts to us, we could become a significant portion of that continuum. So many organizations doing incredible work in housing, but the affordability crisis in Rockford is real for so many hardworking families. Market rate rent is just not affordable to them. And so when we look at our families who are paying mortgages to us, they're paying $525 a month, $550 a month in mortgages, where if you went out and tried to find an apartment for $550 a month, first of all, good luck with that. You're living with black mold and a bunch of cockroaches in a scary part of town where your kids can't play outside. You find me a decent, safe apartment for a family of five for $550 a month in Rockford. It just doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. And with us, they get a house. They get to decorate, that they get to paint, that they get to let their kids play outside. I am a firm believer that we are a, a bridge that could really solve significant problems in Rockford. In a, in a unique way. In, like, unique. like what you were talking about, yeah. a very niche way. That's just exciting to I think agree. about. And exciting to think about how many families have already been through our program too. We're up to, what, 132? Yeah, we've yeah. built, yeah, so we're building House 136 right now, I think. We're, yes, we've got one House 136 in the ground, but we're at 160 families. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, Hundreds of kids. Yeah, seriously. That's like the perfect on-ramp to my next question, which is like, what's going on right now? Like what's happening during our build season? Yeah, what's what's going on this build season? Yeah, so we've got four houses like deep in the construction season right now in the process. So there are those three traditional builds that we had in 2014 when I first started. The Covenant House, the first free house, and Ed's House, which is now the Faith Build. All three of those houses are well under construction. There is siding going on. There is electrical wiring going on. There's HVAC going on. 
I think First Free is still trying to figure out their garage door. <laughs> All sorts of cool things happening on those three builds. When I refer to traditional builds, I'm referring to those builds where we have designated groups of people who are responsible for building those homes from the beginning to the end. So I'll give my first big shout out to First Free Evangelical Church, who for 22 years has committed to Rockford Area Habitat for Humanity, the people the human capital to build a house from the ground up. In addition to that, they also provide financial resources to our affiliate. And so we don't have to worry about volunteer groups coming out on that house. We literally just assign them an address and every year they just build a house from the ground up. Our friends at the Covenant churches in Rockford build a second house for us. First Covenant, Broadway Covenant, and Bethesda Covenant come together. The last couple of years they've befriended some other churches, so Christ Lutheran helps with that build. So that's kind of a, in Habitat's terms, an apostle build, right, where several churches kind of come together and create that house. Ted Broland is also working on House 22 this year. He's the house leader for that house. And he has consistently every year just taken his blueprint and run with it and built that house with his friends from the ground up. And then our Faith Build, which is in partnership with Thrivent Financial. Thrivent provides 50% of the funds for that home, and then we fundraise the other 50%. And then that's the house that we allow churches to come out and help us build with. And so Ed and his crew are the steady crew that build that house from the beginning to the end. So we're super fortunate to have three crews of people who every summer undoubtedly show up every day and do that work for us. The fourth build that we're working on right now is the community build, which is exactly that. It's the house built by the community. So that's where volunteer groups come out. And so we had Crosby Stark Realty come out. We've had tons of just community groups come out and help us build that house. And so we put the trusses and the sheeting on that house and we'll get that shingled and then we'll start moving forward with electrical wiring and siding and all the fun stuff with that house. That house's timeline is a little bit different because it's based on community members coming out and helping us as opposed to having its own crew of volunteers. And then in just a few short months, a couple months actually, in the end of August beginning of September, the students from Rockford Public Schools will come out and start their homes. And so we have the foundation in the ground for both Tammy and Amber's house, which will be Guilford and East. As the traditional builds, the summer builds are wrapping up and kind of finishing their houses and, and moving out, then our students start to kind of move into the neighborhood. We are in this kind of perpetual cycle of, <laughs> of construction. We used to build over that like four-month time period in the spring and summer, and then the off-season again for those of you who can't see me, I'm air quoting the words off season, would be a little quieter because we could just prep for the next season. That's not how it works now. So the partnership with Rockford Public Schools then kicks in in the fall. And then from right September until May, the end of the school year is when the students build their homes. So it's a busy build season, it's build but season. it's exciting. I've never seen a full build season. So it's crazy how fast these houses go up. I like see one one week and come back the next week. I'm like, oh my gosh, it looks like a completed house. Like this is insane. There's two parts of the process that are really crazy to me is the roof and the drywall. So going from just like, you know, studs, just with this like open sky right. to like having an actual structure on the roof is like, oh, you're a house now. You're not just sticks standing up in the middle of this lot. You're like an actual house. And then when drywall goes in, then I can like really visualize, oh, this is Willie's bedroom and this is Kingston's bedroom. And like you can really start to see the house take shape when drywall goes up. Yeah, it's always such a cool process. I always love the siding piece too, going from just like the insulation and the studs to seeing the color that the family picked out. That's always a cool process for me.
seeing it become their customized house super sweet well that's a pretty great overview of like what we're doing right now (laughs) what we're up to we've talked about the past the present and now when you look to the future what is your vision for our affiliate in the coming years i'm gonna put a disclaimer on this first so if you're a board member and you're listening to this just give me a chance in the grand scheme of things what i want to accomplish is to fill the need I want to determine in this community what is the need for affordable home ownership for Rockford families, and I want to meet that need. In reality, what that means is figuring out how to expand our capacity. And so first and foremost, before we really make concerted efforts to increase the financial contributions to our affiliate, we need to figure out how to expand our capacity with volunteers. We don't have the luxury of just hiring a carpenter and saying, just build this house from the ground up. We don't have the capacity to do that or don't have the ability to do that. And so we have to rely on volunteers. And really, that's a foundational piece of Habitat for Humanity, right? We do this in partnership with our community and our home buyer. And so first, we need to figure out who those people are going to be. The partnership with Rockford Public Schools has gone unbelievably well. And so, Dr. Jarrett, if you're listening, I would like to expand to all of your high schools, including Roosevelt, and give every student in Rockford Public Schools who is interested in construction trades and the skilled trades an opportunity to put their hands to work and build a house. Let them feel it. Let them see it. Let them experience it. And let them determine if that is the career path that is right for them. Right now, we're giving that opportunity to Guilford students, and we have seen the incredible progression of those students going into our skilled trades. So I think every student in RPS deserves that opportunity. I also think that we have some ability to expand to other local high schools. I'm looking at you, Harlem. I'm looking at you, Hananiga. I had a conversation with our friends at Stillman Valley, at Byron High School. Every high school who is interested in giving students an opportunity to feel the trades on their hands we've got a house for you. Nothing that our affiliate does is more of a win-win than that partnership. Because really, we have students from Guilford who show up at our work site and are like working for the subcontractors that we hire. And they're like, oh, hey, I helped build that house. And now I'm going to pour the concrete for the house next door. Like the trades need more people. Students need a reason to want to stay in school, and they need that hands-on experience. When Rockford Public Schools moved from just traditional high school to the academies and focused on college and career readiness, it gave students that opportunity to say, well, if college isn't for me, that doesn't mean I'm a failure. That means that now what high school is doing is preparing me for my career. It's brilliant. It's a win-win win. At the end of the day, students get this hands-on experience. The school district gets students who are excited about learning. And then what do we get? We get to serve another family. Like, who's losing in this? So anyway, I'm talking to you, high school administrators. Everybody who wants to build a house with Rockford Area Habitat for Humanity can have one. And then I honestly think that our connection with the faith-based community can be strengthened significantly. I think there's opportunities to expand our partnerships with church communities and faith-based communities. I also think that there's opportunity for corporations. A couple of years ago, we worked with Field Fastener and the the Deary family up in McChesney Park to build Latara's house, where not only did they provide the funding for the house, but they provided their staff. They paid their staff to come out and volunteer with Rockford Area Habitat. There are so many opportunities for corporations, for church communities, for high schools, for universities and community colleges. There's so 
much potential, that in the big picture, I want to fill the gap. In reality, I want to do that by expanding our partnerships and getting more people involved in seeing the miracle that is Habitat. So for those people who are listening and who are like, yes, sign me up. How do I get involved? What are some easy tracks to run on for people to get involved with us? Yeah. So first and foremost, visit us at rockfordhabitat.org on the volunteer page. Send that contact form in to say that you're interested. You can come by yourself. You can show up at one of our work sites and just be you. You could introduce us to your church family and see if maybe there's an opportunity to do a build day or maybe you want to take the first Saturday of every month or maybe you want to move into a position where your church builds a house from the ground up. Maybe you want to be the next first free. Maybe you work for a company where you get paid vacation time to do community service work. Call me. Let's talk about how to engage your colleagues in using those days. Maybe you work for a company that is looking for opportunities to get involved in the community. Maybe you belong to a service club or organization. Maybe you're a Rotarian or maybe you're a Kiwanian and you're thinking, gosh, this is something that our group can do. Maybe you have a neighborhood group or you have just a group of friends that on Tuesday mornings you have coffee or you go golfing. Maybe one Tuesday a month instead of golfing, you swing a hammer for Habitat. You don't have to know how to do this in order to help us. And you also don't have to commit your life to this. It doesn't have to be a full-time job. You do not have to be Ted Broland. Although, Ted, if you're listening, we love you. You can give four hours and make a significant impact in our affiliate. So the first thing I would say is check out Rockford Habitat. And then really, just call me. Call the office. Greta's our volunteer coordinator. We can talk to you about all of the ways that you can get involved. You can volunteer at the ReStore. You can donate your used cabinets when you get your kitchen remodeled to the ReStore. You can serve on some of our committees. You can help us choose the next families. You can be a mentor to some of our families. If you're interested in being a part of our board of directors, you can help serve in that capacity. I always say this at the end of every TV interview, the TV stations do a really great job of supporting Habitat, which I'm super happy about. And at the end, Every single time the cameraman says, do you have anything else you want to add? As you can tell, I like to talk. Every single time I say the same thing. There is a place for you at Habitat. If you are interested in seeing God's love in action, there is a place for you. If you want to do data entry, if you want to stuff envelopes, if you want to put on a hard hat and swing a hammer, there is a place for you in our family. Guess what my next question was going to be? Is there anything else you want to add? And you just took care of it. <laughs> You're like, I'll just I'll just take that one. I'll take that one from you. It is a powerful invitation. And yeah, I mean, guaranteed you will have an amazing experience working in whatever capacity you want, using your gifts, your strengths, your passions. There's a place. So I'm glad you brought that up. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Carrie, for being a part of this. This was super fun to just chat with you. And I'm so excited for the Habitat community and people who aren't familiar with Habitat to hear your perspective on this organization. We'd like to thank Carrie for joining us for this episode of Because of This House. Rockford Area Habitat for Humanity has grown so much as an organization under Carrie's leadership, and her passion and love for our mission is what continues to drive us forward. Thanks so much, Carrie. Once again, thank you for listening to Because of This House, which is brought to you by Habitat for Humanity. Our producer is Kervin Thomas. Our theme song was written by Nooney, who is also one of our Habitat homeowners. The song, entitled Daydreams, was produced by Chandler Bolden and engineered by Neil Howard. If you believe